for the first session of 2017, I'd spend a little bit of time looking at a document that we prepared for our APSA event last year, and that is a technology survey, what the industry is using, uh, what sort of services that they're starting to offer. And we've been doing this at Smithing for a number of years. So the data that I'm going to show you today is basically the last three years. And we're going to look for, you know, what is the industry using? What software applications are, are getting more and more uh, applicability out there? But one thing that um, I've found over probably the last year or two is that I get a lot of inquiry from people saying um, there's a multitude of different tools out there. Uh, which one do I use? Which one do you recommend? And it's very hard for me to recommend one over the other because I think they're all fantastic. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what the industry are using today and, and then lead that on in subsequent sessions in particular at our business advisory conference coming up in February, to what to look look for when it comes to what service you want to you want to offer. The objective of today is quite simple. There's a confusing array of software products in the market, all designed to assist accountants in providing initial and engaging business advisory services to their clients. I think when I started down this pathway, there was only probably one or probably two tools. Uh, the one that I spent a lot of time with, which was a tool called Optimist, or later on known as MYOB Profit Optimizer, and Excel, which as most people know, I refer to as the accountant's love tool, because accountants love spreadsheets, that's a fact. Over the last probably four to five years, there's been a multitude of different solutions, and all fantastic, by the way, coming onto the market, uh, many of them obviously cloud-based, and many of them doing similar things designed to achieve certain objectives. And at first glance, well, many of them do appear to do the same thing. But I think you need to dig a little bit deeper when it comes to understanding what's different and how they fit into the process. I'm a massive believer that we need to build a process in the accounting firm. In fact, I'll go just a couple of steps before that. What we need to do is look at the structure of the firm and how do we turn that structure into a family and business management model. Secondly, we need to look at the infrastructure. And that is, who's going to do what, when, how? What are we selling? What services are we going to offer? How will we package them? Most importantly, how will we price them? How will we explain them to a client in a manner they can understand? Then from that perspective, who's going to do it? What are our people reserves? What are our product, our service reserves? The third step then obviously is getting them into a client engagement process. Because if you can't engage a client, get them interested, get them enthused and engaged, and get them to sign a proposal, there's not one bit of software that's going to be very, very effective from that point onwards if you have no clients to do it with. So in my mind, good software solutions come back to what are you trying to achieve in your firm? And I think we need to define that very closely. But I, I understand the confusion. There's a lot out there at the moment. The challenge is quite obviously, there's a vast array of products. The majority of them are now cloud-based, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, it offers integration with the client's accounting system, it offers a collaborative environment, it creates efficiency in the model. Uh, there's a, obviously a flow through of data running from the compliance system right through to the advisory system. I've got concerns with that, which I'll identify at our conference around getting the quality of data into the tool that you need, not just the quantity, but the quality. 
much of this software, unfortunately, has become shelfware. That's a fact. Can't be software if it never gets off the shelf. And I'm at fault with that as much as anybody on the line today. There's desperately a need to create product champions. If we're going to go down the pathway of using different software, who's going to be the champion? How are we going to resource them? If they're struggling for capacity, how do we free up their capacity? You know, how do we motivate them? How do we train them? How do we keep them engaged? What KPIs need to be set upon these product champions to go out there and generate income from the purchase of any software or service applications? And if there's one bit of advice I'd recommend everybody take, and that is take products on incrementally. Don't try to do it all at once. In other words, crawl before we run, which then dictates what I make a choice of. So, from our 2017 Smith Inc. survey, I'd like to walk us through over the next probably 15 minutes or so of what we found from the survey we did of the industry. And as you can see there, there's four years, 14, 15, 16 and 17 data here. This is what the industry are telling us they are actually doing. And if, interestingly, I found if you look down the very bottom, Cash flow and budgeting has always been a huge, okay, service offering. You know, we're talking last year over 73, 74% of the industry telling us they're doing cash flow and budgeting with clients. What I found particularly interesting is that dropped this year. You know, it's dropped down under 70%, which is the first time that's been the case in two years. So what is that telling us? And in my mind, it's telling us that we're probably doing budgeting, we're doing cash flows, when the client comes to us or the client has been motivated to get this done by an external party, for instance, a bank. We're probably not going out there and using this as a leverage point to get ongoing quarterly board of advice meetings. And we have to look at how we manage that, how we sell it, how we adapt it. You know, things like tax planning. Every firm I speak to does tax planning. Problem is they lump it into the compliance bill and we can't track and trace how much income is coming out of it, what budgets we're going to set to it, and what KPIs we will apply to it. But interesting, the industry, you know, as a norm, are saying we're doing less of it this year than last year. The previous two years, it was never identified as an advisory service. Scenario planning. In fact, I could look at all, the majority of those and say, in 2017, the feedback we had from the industry is yeah, we're doing all this stuff, but we're probably doing it less than what we did in previous years. You know, why is that the case? Has advisory services become too hard to do? In my mind, it all comes back to the four things I said earlier, and that's structure, infrastructure, engagement, and then delivery in that order. Not delivery first by buying something, that's quite expensive, that we've got no idea how we're going to sell it, market it, implement it, train it, no idea how we're going to resource the model, let alone anything else. I'm a passionate believer that it's very hard to take an accountant who is very systematically driven, process driven, checklist driven, quality assurance driven, which sounds exactly like a compliance model in my firm, and then all of a sudden say, go out there and do a conversation with a client with no structure. You've got to build a structure in your compliance model, and most firms I see have already done that. Some can be improved, but it's pretty darn good. When it comes to advisory, there is no structure. There is no model. There is no, you know, 
this is what we do at the start, this is what we do in the middle, this is what we do at the end, and who's going to do it. And there's no scalability. And by scalability, I mean, you know, if I'm not there to do it and an issue comes up, who's going to jump in and have a crack at it? Who's going to hold the client issue over until I can get back in compliance that had never happened? But there is one saving grace I see on this page, and that's, let's be honest, I mean, firms are still doing this stuff. Look at retirement planning, everyone in the middle. That's starting to get a little bit more growth. So retirement planning, estate planning up the top, and that sort of stuff. And whilst that's very nice, it is an advisory service granted, it is something that will generate good dollars, it's more piecemeal than recurrent. So when I look at recurrent, I'm looking at income that I can generate in the firm over and over and over again. A cash flow and budget that leads into quarterly board of advice meetings, that leads into dashboard reporting and scenario planning as part of those meetings, that includes a quarterly update of the tax planning situation. It's got me beat in our industry how we do tax planning once a year and then don't revisit it quarterly as the year comes on. And the entire thrust of that sort of quarterly engagement model is looking forward, not backwards. That's what I believe is base level piecemeal advisory. You know, the, the valuations, the estate planning, the succession planning and everything else will fall in nicely as time goes by, as you mature the client relationship. But just I found this graph particularly interesting from the perspective of percentage of firms that use software. You know, it's dropping in a variety of situations. So I think we need to address that. Let's dig a little bit further and have a look at what the industry is using. So what we've done is we've broken it down into different areas. So when it comes to needs analysis, let's focus on 16 to 17, okay? There's still people out there using Profit Optimizer to do a needs analysis. How that's done is beyond my concept, okay? It was never designed as a needs analysis tool. Sure, you can pop up a report and have a chat to a client, but that's not a true needs analysis. You know, we can see there that there's a variety of different players from Profit Optimizer, the B-Star, to Cashflow Story, to Crunchboards, who are now known as Future Lee, um, as we all know to the Panalytics, to the Fathom, to the Spotlights, to the MYPs. You know, in my mind, a needs analysis is finding out from the client what's important to them, what keeps them awake at night. And it becomes the catalyst for then being able to put together a customised, individualised proposal on how you're going to help them move forward. When I look at that, what it tells me, if I go right back to 14 and go right through to 17, is there's many more choices out there. This is used by 32% of the market and 83% are saying they're satisfied. My further question on this is how much money are they making out of it? How many proposals are they generating from it? How many proposals are they then converting from that particular perspective? But there's an awful lot of choice, okay? When you're thinking about doing a needs analysis, the one thing you've got to think of is client first. Does the client understand what we're trying to achieve? Am I getting the information from the client that actually focuses on their needs, not ours? Okay, is it both financial and non-financial? I know we've got all their financial data. We can put that into sophisticated dashboards and see what's going on. But, you know, are they worried about dependency? 
Are they worried about work-life balance? Are they worried about the lack of protection when it comes to their wills and enduring power of attorneys? Are they worried about succession? There's much more to it than just simply your sales are up, your debtors are up, your cash is down. So we've got to start to look at how we do this, but it's encouraging. There's certainly good numbers there and there's a lot of great solutions there, okay, that we need to look at. Let's move to the biggest single usage point, cash flows and budgets. And surprise, surprise, the biggest user when it comes to cash flow and budget still remains the accountant's love tool, Excel. In fact, if you look at 2016, the pie there for Excel, which was the dark brownish one, look at it this year. There's more firms telling us this year we're using Excel than ever before. But there's great solutions out there like Castaway, okay, like Calxa. Um, a lot of the other dashboard tools like Fathom, Panalytics, Crunchboards are now offering you know, three-way budgets and cash flows. Profit Optimizer, never designed to do a detailed budget and cash flow, very much a sort of top-down holistic summary one. Cash flow story, same thing. So what that tells me is that some of our compatriots are trying to use tools that are otherwise not suited to budgets and cash flows at the depth that we should be looking at it, and that's a detailed depth, okay? And we're trying to use other tools to do so which concerns me a little bit. But again, it comes back to what am I generating in income from the investment in these tools? 77% of the market up from 72% last year of responders are saying they're using tools for budgets and cash flows. And a staggeringly 85% of them are satisfied with that process. I look at it and think, yeah, Excel's the biggest user. Excel's a lot of heavy lifting too, by the way, guys. It doesn't allow for data input, data collaboration. It doesn't allow to transfer the data through and keep it up to date, but it works. And as someone in the firm recently said to me, if it ain't broken, Mark, why should I fix it? And I think that's the case often with the use of Excel for budgets and cash flows. Scenario planning, this is where I made an awful lot of invested income, a lot of income out of this space. And that is showing clients the financial impact of key business decisions before they make it. Interestingly, the market is telling us this year that Excel is a very prominent player in this space. Tools like Profit Optimizer, Cashflow Story, and a variety of other ones you can see there, we can do integrated what-if analysis. We can show a client what would happen if something went up, something went down before it does. I see that as the real sweet spot. Low usage here, but high satisfaction. Lowest usage of most that you'll see today, but high satisfaction. This is the area where clients, once they know you do this, will come to you and say, Mark, I'm thinking about doing this. Can you show me what it will do to my business before I make that decision? I believe every client thinks, will I or won't I, should I or shouldn't I? And that crystal ball type approach to advisory is something that I had an awful lot of success of, success with rather, and I'm helping firms out around the country to be able to achieve that. But I find that very interesting how strong Excel is in this space. Valuations. Why are valuations so important? Every client should be focusing on how to grow their business, how to make it more valuable today than it is, sorry, how to make it more valuable tomorrow than it is today. I think a lot of clients in the back of their mind have an understanding of what they want their business to be worth when the time comes to get out. What they don't know is how much it's worth today. 
I've long believed business value indications, not full on valuations, but business value indications are the way to go when it comes to creating a gap. And that gap needs to be filled through better profit, cash flow, growth management with clients, which leads back to quarterly board of advice, budgets, cash flows, etc. When we come in this space, again, Excel sticks its head up. I'll tell you what, the person that invented that one's made a fortune. We're using Excel for valuations. And we always have, by the way, so why should I be surprised by that? You know, tools like BSTAR that had a very strong presence in 14, not so strong now. Um, there's a lot of other solutions out there compared to what was available back in 14. You know, so tools like BSTAR, Panalytics, Fathom, Cashflow Story, MYP, fantastic applications. The last thing that I would say with any of these applications is they're not wonderful. They certainly are. What I'm talking about is return on investment. So if I'm going to go out there and do a lot of valuations or a lot of business value indications with clients, then I need to identify the need there first and then go and get the right solution to suit my practice, to suit my staff, and more importantly, suit my client. Low usage, high satisfaction rate, but not as much as some of the other tools. Business planning, the old chicken and egg one, the stuff we used to do years ago, the thing that we used to do for a client to get them a loan, then it went in the drawer and gathered sawdust and cobwebs all over it. When it comes to what ha what's happening in the industry, a lot of stuff, you know, like mouse, fantastic, simple value uh, business planning tool. Profit optimizer, not a business planning tool, but some firms are still trying to make it that way. Analytics, MYP, Fathom, Castaway, ESS biz tools, 48% usage, 72% satisfaction. That tells me too few firms are doing it. And then I'm questioning how well they're doing it, looking at those numbers. But as you can see, and certainly we'll make these slides available to you after the, the session today, so you can have a more detailed look. And I'd be happy to take any questions, by the way. Just shoot me an email afterwards to talk about some of this and we'll organize a, ch a chat and a teleconference. You know, there's an awful lot of players in that marketplace, but I'm looking at it and thinking, what am I trying to achieve here? Am I trying to use a dashboard tool for business planning? Am I trying to use a, a, a cash flow tool, which is an important part of business planning, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't formulate the plan. So I think we've got to start to look for horses for courses in this space. Government grants. Well, have a look at that one. There's not too many players in this marketplace. Very low usage compared to the rest. Satisfaction also a little bit less than the rest. ESS biz tools, or more specifically, ESS biz grants and other. That's the market space. But when we start to look at it, the numbers that are filtering through, 50% of the respondents are telling us that I use ESS biz grants, which is a division of ESS biz tools to do government grants, to find, to locate uh, grants for my clients, and what better way is there to fund advisory than get the government to support uh, your fee and your fee structure and give some sort of assistance to the clients? One feeds into the other. Benchmarking. I hear so little about this, but in my mind, this is such an important part of advisory. You know, and that is peer analysis. How am I going compared to my peers? And this can become a very, very potent part of your advisory service offering. Certainly the biggest player, and that's the stats that we have for you today, is benchmarking.com, okay? But then 
A lot of the cloud-based tools that have been gathering financial statements are now starting to develop, you know, databases of financial statements and databases of benchmarks. So I expect to see a lot more growth in this area with a variety of different suppliers. I've used personally benchmarking.com for years and years and years. But it's a select advisory service that I'm going to implement with select clients. And maybe what I'm going to do is introduce that a little bit later down the pathway after I've got the board of advice, the budgeting cash flows, the action plans and everything established for the client. But I think it's a wonderful thing. Fantastic solutions there, Ibis World. Profit Optimizer, geez, that's coming up a lot. A lot of people are still saying I'm using it for that. Yeah, it does do a bit of benchmarking, but to a large extent, you've got to feed them in and input them. But it's got a nice little benchmarking reporting engine in that tool too. 34% usage, 95% satisfaction. I'm not surprised with that because I really believe clients respond very well to understanding how they're traveling compared to their competition. And peer analysis and measurement points and KPIs that can be fed out of this process become an ongoing board of advice management exercise with clients. Dashboard reporting. This is what got me involved in advisory almost, I don't know how many years ago. Andrea, too many to remember, 15, 16, 17. I went and I saw a bit of software in Sydney presented. It was a tool called Optimist. In fact, it was presented as Attaché Optimist. It later on became Profit Optimizer. And what impressed me with it? The way it turned numbers into knowledge. And I sat there and thought, by golly, I could do something with this. And when it was marketed to me, it was marketed as, how would you like to see the financial impact of key decisions before they're made? And I thought, not only do my clients need this, but I need it. When it comes to dashboard reporting, look at the explosion. Fathom, Panalytics, Spotlight, Profit Optimizer, Cashflow Story, Excel, Future Lee. Future Lee is, is ex-Crunchboards. So there's been a name change there. The MYP suite, fantastic integrated suite of tools, and a whole host of other things that we're currently using. This is the sweet spot. So if this is the sweet spot, taking data into an application, putting numbers, putting graphs, putting simple explanations in front of clients, why is the usage so low? Why are only 36% of responders to our survey saying they're doing this with clients? But certainly those that are are saying, that we're pretty darn satisfied with the results we're getting. That concerns me, that is too low. If I went back 16, 17 years to when we first went down the old Optimus Profit Optimizer pathway, a stack of firms bought that software to be able to put numbers into knowledge, have conversations with clients. Why is that reducing? We've got to look at that as an industry. Retirement planning, geez, this one's jumping up and down. So we can see that one of the major players there is actually Acrium, Excel, MYP, ESS BizTools, BSTAR, and probably, as we said there, financial planning software as well. I mean, retirement planning is a wonderful option. It's a great service we can offer our clients, okay, and also get involved in the process if we don't do it ourselves. Low usage rate here, a reasonably high satisfaction rate, but again, as we can see, some firms are trying to get one tool to do everything. And I think we need to think about what am I trying to achieve here? Am I looking for a integrated solution? And if it's an integrated solution, I want to buy one application and then apply it across many, many service lines? Or am I looking for best of breed? 
Am I looking for single solutions? And again, that should come back to your practices, business advisory implementation plan. Okay, and before we even contemplate what software we need, let's look at structure, infrastructure, engagement, and then we'll look at delivery through the use of sophisticated software applications. But again, low usage, reasonably high satisfaction. And board of advice reporting, I asked this question for the first time this year. Okay, because I think it was confused or overlaid by other areas last year and the subsequent years before. 12% of responders are saying that we do board of advice work with clients. Quarterly meetings where we look forward, not backwards. Quarterly meetings where we measure and hold clients accountable to plans, which is a budget and a cash flow if you think that through. Quarterly meetings where we talk to them about their other issues in their business. Quarterly meetings where we plan out the next quarter and then hold them accountable. Quarterly meetings where there's agendas, actions, minutes, accountability built in, and our role as the trusted advisor is to chair that meeting as the external chairman for our SME clients. Not enough of that is happening. You have to have a look at it, 12%, 66% satisfaction. A couple of players in the market, okay. I think you could be using any and every one of those, plus some of the other ones you've seen earlier, to be able to do board of advice meetings. You've just got to build the structure first. And each board of advice meeting should structurally be like a board meeting of any particular business, be it a commercial or not-for-profit organisation. It needs structure, it needs focus, it needs regularity, it needs consistency. So we need to build the model and then look at how we actually integrate software into that model but great usage. And again, I asked this year for the first time, tax planning, what are you using? As I said earlier, what worries me with tax planning is it's not looked at as business advisory. It's not compliance. Compliance is doing what's there. Planning is working out how to make it better. And tax planning should be the, the catalyst to turn compliance into reliance and to profit from the compliance model. So some are using cash flow story, some are using tax strategist, which is a cloud-based tax planning solution. Majority of us are using Excel and other. You know, it'd be nice to dig in a little bit further and find out what the hell other is, but certainly Excel is the most commonly used application here. 50% of respondents, that worries me, that staggers me. That should be up around 90, 95. I mean, why isn't every firm doing this? Maybe they are, they didn't understand the survey, I'm not sure. But why is that so low? 66% satisfied, that's too low. I mean, someone said to me the other day in a firm, oh, we do, used to do tax planning, but now there's not much you can do. It needs to be a means to an end, everyone. If you're gonna to start to look at where we are between March and June, for the purposes of getting them right at June, why aren't we continuing that into September, December, February, and back to June? Why aren't our board of advice meetings, when we look at improving profitability, cash flow and return, also focusing on how we manage the tax obligation moving forward? Okay? It's all about perception. It's all about structure and deliverables and everything else. So, I mean, I find that one interesting, yet a dash concerning. And estate planning. Firms are telling me all over the place we're doing estate planning. Excel. Many are using the MYP tool, estate planning for life. Some are using other solutions. 26% of responders, 75% satisfied. I mean, if you look at the majority of this stuff here, 
Many, many firms are saying, I'm satisfied with what I'm using. Many, many firms are using a variety of different solutions. My question and my concern here is why is it so low in certain areas? That's what we need to escalate. So before I take questions, because we're almost up today, like we are, my key conclusions out of this is one, don't take on too much. Secondly, adopt products incrementally. Appoint champions, that has to happen. Run a pilot program, okay? And if that means you're gonna do a board of advice system, run a pilot. You know, do a bit of practice, do some case studies, do some practice runs. And take the time to select the ideal client to build up skills. They've gotta be receptive and really small change can deliver significant results irrespective of what we're doing. And very, very finally, before we take some questions, the future of advisory. This is just what I think might happen. And this isn't all of it, this is just some of it. I think big data, that we'll be leveraging data inside cloud systems. I think real-time benchmarking is something that we're going to see more so sooner than later at a granular level. You know, why are we looking at data that's 18 months, two years old, when we have integrated cloud-based solutions? We need to start to look at real-time trends. Why is one business performing better than the other and predicting future performance? Machine learning will have an impact on us. And by the way, with things like big data, with the application of things like IBM Watson, artificial intelligence and stuff that's happening out there, why aren't we getting more up-to-date data at a granular level to be able to measure our clients? Okay, and then machine learning. Advice give previously given plus same or similar circumstances can be learned. Advice a machine might deliver is something that's done more than once that can be automated. If it can be automated, it can be delivered for free. Okay, so what threat does that offer us moving forward, particularly for firms that are still thinking, I wanna do advisory, but I haven't made that next step. And let's throw in there a few others like technology, let an automation and government intervention. Interestingly, I think everyone should be watching closely over in Britain where they're introducing the MTD, which is making tax digital system, okay, which is due to start, if it hasn't already started over there, and what impact that has on the British compliance model. Because I think that model will then filter through to us at some stage. So there's an awful lot of disturbance, but what's new? The advisory system is still something that many, many firms tell me they want to get involved in. The challenge moving forward is how do we get there? So before I do finish everyone, as you're probably aware, because we would have hit you with emails, the Business Advisory Conference for Smith Inc. is on the 15th and 16th of February. It's at the Sofitel Gold Coast Broad Beach. Uh, early bird pricing has now finished, but what I'm willing to do is if anyone online today that haven't registered, we're offering our January webinar delegates the discount code to get early bird pricing. Uh, as it stands at the moment, we're about 110 people coming. So apart from this being a very successful event, it's a wonderful opportunity to network and share ideas with like-minded practitioners. So if you are interested, that's the code, WEBVIP, and you can register through the website at Smithing to get the uh, early bird pricing. It's roughly about $500 for the two-day event. So with that in mind, Andrew, I've run out of time as always. What I'd like to do is open up to any questions that you have or anyone online that wishes to ask one. Great, thanks Mark. Um, I have got a couple already. If you do want to ask a question, just type them in. 
first one is from Marilyn who has asked has anyone used Microsoft Power BI? Hello Marilyn, um, I must admit I haven't but you've given me something to have a look at after we finish this webinar. Microsoft Power VI. BI. BI. Yeah. Marilyn, are you are you online? Can you um can you unmute your line? Let me see if I can unmute you, Marilyn. While we're trying, Andrew, what was the other question? Ah, uh, she's on the phone. So I'll I'll get you in contact email. I can't unmute that line at the moment. So, okay, we'll move on, Marilyn. We'll come back to you. Um, Anaya has asked, is there a reason why Zero is not listed as a cash flow budget tool? Uh, well, I mean, we could have, it's a good question, Anaya, it really is. Um, we could have probably gone down the pathway of asking that with Zero, MYOB, QuickBooks and the like. Um, that actually, Many, many firms are telling me when they're doing budgets and cash flows, they're using the accounting system that their clients are using as well. What we really went for was specific uh, budget and cash flow solutions that are out there that deliver that particular feature rather than an accounting system that does budgets and cash flows. But it's a good point. We'll take that on deck for future, uh, future surveys because I'm hearing many, many firms saying, well, I've already got the data there and I'm doing a simple budget and a simple cash flow, so why not do it in the client's accounting system? Good question. Thanks, Mark. Um, I've got a couple more if you're okay for time. I'll keep going. So I've got Roy, who's yes. Great. Does the survey suggest firms are unsure on what cloud software to use or is too expensive, hence Excel being very popular? I think, Roy, there's, there's certainly that is the case. I think there's an area of comfort here. I mean, we've used Excel for years. You know, prior to that, many of us were using Lotus One, Two, Three for those that can remember. Uh, we've been using spreadsheets for a year. I think there's there's comfort there, but I, I do think there's a bit of confusion in the marketplace as to what solution should I go out and 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 take on. Um, what it really comes back to is what I said earlier: it's how many budgets and cash flows can we potentially do with our clientele? You know, and if that's going to be a, only a couple of them, then why invest in anything else? Do it through Excel or whatever, or the client's accounting system. But if we're going to take that as being a catalyst to our ongoing advisory work and more so in the board of advice meetings and the like, then, then certainly I think we need to start to look at some other solutions. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion. Uh, I think there's many, many... Oh, let's go back a step. You know, we spoke about Zero MYOB QuickBooks. Look at the number of add-ons now that are up on their websites. How do you work out which one suits the client best? let alone which one suits us. So there is a bit of confusion over what to use, but I think there's a comfort area with Excel. Great, thanks, Mark. Um, Ian has asked, should we be pay paying the maintenance monthly fee for MYOB Optimizer when there isn't much updating by MYOB? Oh, Ian, you're <laughs> a devil, mate, honestly. I can't, I can't advise you to or not. I think you need to sit down and look with every bit of software that you've got as to whether you're getting value out of it. And if you're not, either change what you're doing or think strongly about paying fees. And <laughs> uh, you know, I've had that question so many times, mate. Like I couldn't, uh, I couldn't say yay or nay. It's, it's basically, it's up to you whether you're getting value out of it. Good response. Um, now, Anna's commented, yes, great program. About as political as I can ever be, <laughs> yes. Andrew, by the way. <laughs> Very good. Anna has um, commented, yes, great program, 
sorry, great program, very powerful. And I think that might be in response to Marilyn's question about Microsoft BI. So perhaps we can, um, I can email you, Anna, and put you in contact with Marilyn. Uh, and Marilyn, feel, feel free to shoot me an email too. At, um, Andrew will give you the details. I'd love to hear what you're doing with, with the Microsoft application. I was aware Microsoft were looking at a similar type of predictive intelligence and uh, dashboard type tool. I just wasn't familiar with the name of it, but I'm really keen to hear what you're doing with it. Great. Well, John's just commented he thinks the MYOB will be announcing something with the MS Power BI next month at the MYOB Roadshow. So that will be something else to look for. And John, I've heard a rumor. I've heard a rumor on that as well, John. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And another comment. This one's got people talking. Another one from Michael on the Power BI. Uh, look up CA Chartered Accountants Kairos. It concludes the technology. A newbie is Itani jumping over Calxa to Power BI. Explained to me as Excel on steroids for data analytics. Okay. Yeah. Again, I've heard. I've heard that one as well. Uh, the CA Kairos tool is worth a look for those Institute members online. I saw the demonstration of that uh, when I presented at their public practice uh, conference either last year or the year before, I can't remember. The power of big data and the power of analytics is quite phenomenal. And that particular demonstration I saw was looking at analyzing the internet of things when it come to come to preferences and staying patterns of people at hotels from public websites quite staggering the quality of data that can come out of it. Well worth a look to those Institute members at Kairos, CA Kairos. Okay, great. Well, Marilyn's just um, come back and said, can transfer data from MYB can't write live to Microsoft Power BI dashboard. So that's um, what Marilyn's looking at to use it for. Yeah, no, I've, I've certainly heard rumors that MYB are going to announce something. I'll be interested to see it when it comes out. So. Right. Um, and last question uh, from Sandeep, MYPCon18 is also on the 16th at the same venue. Are they both the same conference? Yes, same conference, Sandeep. Andrea, you can take that one. <laughs> I'll let you off the on that one, Mark. Uh, day one is a, is a Smith Inc. BA conference and we have teamed up with MYP for the first time this year and they're running the second day of the conference. So you can either attend just the MYP day um, but if you join up on Smithink, you'll be attending both days. Anything to add to that, Mark? Oh, just I think I think both days will be fantastic. They're they're different focus, but there's some quality speakers there. Yeah. Anyone that hasn't heard Tom O'Toole will get a laugh out of the second day. He's concluding the second day for us, and I think the quality of speakers and the content there is very important towards getting your accounting firm up and running in advisory. Excellent. Uh, so hopefully, I think we've answered everybody's questions. So that's great. If you do have any more, you can always email myself or Mark. Uh, anything else to add, Mark? I think that's all good, Andrew. I look forward to seeing those that are coming along to the conference in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, certainly, come up and say good day, guys. I'd love to have a chat to you. Others that aren't, so have a strong think about it. It's only a $500 investment, roughly, at early bird rates to get up there and come along and get the structure of your business advisory implementation plan working. Uh, as part of that conference and for anyone online, if anybody wants to have a discussion about their firm and how to get moving, I always offer everyone a complimentary business advisory assessment with me where we'll sit down and have a chat uh, or over a phone have a chat about what you're doing and what you want to do and the structure that we need to build. 
So that's an ongoing offer, everyone, to any Smith Inc. member. So I'd just like to thank, thank you, thank everyone online. Thanks, Andrea. And I look forward to seeing many of us on the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Mark, and thanks, everybody, for attending.